Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 115 of the Intermittent Fasting Stories podcast. Today, I'm here with a very special guest because it is my first repeat guest. I've actually got Lori Lewis here on with me. Lori, what was your episode number? I was going to look that up before we started, and I forgot. Was it seven? It was number four, and it came out four, on you were Thanksgiving four. Okay. Day 2018. Oh, my God. That's right. You were number four. <laughs> I was guessing seven, and I was off by a few. But yes, episode number four, I actually interviewed her in October of 2018. <laughs> so it's been, gosh, you know, a year and a half since we've talked. And by the time this comes out, it'll be two years. But Lori lives in Portland, Oregon. And what's really cool is she is now an intermittent fasting coach and an author. 
And her website is fastforwardwellness.com. And so welcome, Lori, and I can't wait to catch up with you. Jen, this is such an honor. I am thrilled to be with you again. It's been a great year and a half of maintenance. It has been. And, you know, since we recorded in in October of 2018, you know, you're a, a moderator in my Facebook community. And I've been to your home. I can actually see, you know, your settee in your kitchen, your <laughs> banquet, that where I sat with your dog, Violet. And you've been to my home here in Georgia, and you've been in my podcast studio when we first moved in. So um, we've cruised together. So it's been quite a year and a half, hasn't it? It has. You know what today is? I do. I know what today is. (laughs) (laughs) Today? Okay, so for the people who are listening in October, yes. Today is June 12th, 2020. Right. And it is my three-year anniversary of intermittent fasting. Three years ago today, I heard the words intermittent fasting for the first time, and I started the second I heard about it. it. And so it's 1,096 days every day, never missing a day. (laughs) That's fantastic. And the other fun thing that we just figured out, it was totally an accident. Like we specifically, you wanted to record on this day, and I understand why. It's a special day. But right before we started, I told Lori, I said, Lori, this episode will air on October 1st, which is way, you know, months away. But Lori got really excited because that is also a special day. So share what that is. Well, you said October 1st, and I said, are you kidding me? That is the day that I hit my goal, my goal weight, that in 2018. That is the day I pulled down the box of clothing from 2012 that hadn't fit in all those years and put on my clothes that I had saved because they're cute and everything fit. (laughs) I love it. So we are recording on your three-year anniversary of the day you started, and it will, by accident, air (laughs) on the anniversary of the day you hit your goal. Isn't that cool? Yes, that was just the universe making that happen. I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't even realize. That was some fast weight loss. Well, it was 51 pounds in 15 months. And, you know. Okay. 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 15 months. I was thinking you had done it in that. Okay. It took a whole other to the. Okay. I was like, that's really fast. I was thinking it was half a year, but okay. And when you divide it out, it's about, I don't know, 0.8 pounds a week, except sometimes it was. Okay. That's perfect. My biggest weight loss month was December 2017. I lost eight pounds in a month, but that was like, who loses that that much weight during the holidays? But that wasn't the norm. I had a five-month stall where the the scale went round and round and round in a (laughs) three-pound circle, and some weeks were up, some weeks were down, some weeks were flat, but all told, it was 51 pounds in about 15 months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My math was off. I was thinking it was from June to October of the same year, but no, it's banned. Throw in another year. (laughs) Yeah. Another year. Sorry. Sorry about that. (laughs) That, I was like, that's really, really fast. Your body was ready. But the actual, what really happened, eight tenths of a pound average per week is so much more typical. Absolutely. And I think that what I'm celebrating here with you is an absolute uncommon thing, which is if a person can actually lose the weight they've set out to lose. So I heard a statistic recently that when people set out to lose weight, 1% of people get to their goal weight. And then of that 1%, 95% gain it all back. Wow. 
95% of the 1%. Wow. So here I am with you. We are two women in our 50s. Yes. Who I'm 57. You are 50. I'm way full, long past menopause. You're wherever you are in it. And I'm in the thick of it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the sweat of it. (laughs) Haven't made the magic year yet, right? Haven't made a year, but. And here we are having reached a physical place where we're strong and flexible and lean and our body's burning fat every day and we're comfortable in our clothes and our mind is relatively quiet and peaceful. There's no struggle. There's complete enjoyment. We eat the foods that we love and we're not gaining the weight back. And there's so much to celebrate. That really is. I mean, I had heard the, you know, what percent gain it back that lose weight, but I didn't think about, I don't know that I've ever heard that other statistic that only 1% manage to get to their goal. And of those, 95% gain it back. That's amazing. Yeah. I heard that from the doctor. Her name is Susan. And I'm so sorry. I just forgot her last name, who started the Brightline eating diet, which is very Mm -hmm. intense. It is. I mean, and many people need that. You know, many people for their physical situation need to cut out a lot. You know, they're like no flour, no sugar, no a whole lot of nothing. And it's very strict. But that's a statistic that she has researched and she uses in her. Yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I actually got below my goal weight. Yeah. And you did too, right? You had a goal. Yeah. I did too. Now, here's a little, you know, I don't go around. I just don't talk about my weight and my, I mean, if people ask me, I tell them. But I just, I think that I reached a point of, this is what I do. I trust my body is an extraordinary machine that's always working for me. And because I put it in a fasted state every day, my body is in repair every day. Like sleep is repair and fasting is repair. Right after I hit that, my I would say within two months, it went back up about four pounds again. So to get to my goal weight, it was I went round and round in that that stall and needed to lose wanted to lose an additional eight pounds. So then I did, and then it went back up. And then that did not concern me. You would think I hit my goal and then it went back up four or five pounds. I would have freaked out. No. Right. I was just like, all right, body, fasting works. Let's keep going. Like there's nothing to worry about. Like I know every day what my body is doing and I can tweak some things here and there. And what I did is I just stayed consistent with my daily eating window. And then it went back down to my goal weight. And then maybe five months later, it went back up another four pounds in the late winter. Then it went back down again. And now, you know, then it stayed there for a year. And now during the uh, pandemic and shelter in place lockdown situation, it went back up about four or five pounds. And now it's going back down again. Just like, yeah. all right. That's why I stopped weighing yeah. back in 2018 when I threw my scale away. Or was it 2017? I can't even remember now. Whenever that year was. You lost. You threw your scale away in 2017. That was memorable. Okay. In 2017, <laughs> when I threw my scale away, it's been it's been three years then, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think it was June of 2017. So it's been three years since I've weighed myself. And I've had periods where my honesty pants got tighter. Mm-hmm. And then I've had periods where they got looser. I'm in a looser period right now, actually, because I was just doing some food experimenting just as curiosity. 
just to see. You know, Melanie, Melanie Avalon and I have been talking about it on the Intermittent Fasting Podcast about different ways of eating. So I did some experimenting with foods, and I could tell I lost some more weight. But so now I'm going back to not experimenting with food because I don't want to lose more weight. That's great. Oh my gosh, can we talk about your dinner last night? So every day you post in the Facebook group about your wonderful meal and you take a picture and say, you know, right. I was, my mouth was watering. I mean, homegrown tomatoes Mm -hmm. with artichoke pasta and, and bubbly you know, I mean, bubbly wine, kava, yeah. Spanish kava from Dry Farm Wines. Yeah, I was like, my goodness, I think I'm going to recreate yep. them. And who can who can drink so bubbly wine and eat tomato sandwiches? You probably had some butter and some mayo on there, and then some pasta mayo. with you know, <laughs> yeah. And we just it just looked delicious. And I thought that wasn't even a you know, a cheat, quote, a cheat day, you know, that was just delicious food. No, that was just a normal day. And it was like so easy just to throw it together. By the way, people were like, how did you make that pasta? <laughs> I just got some artichoke tapenade. Mm-hmm. You know, they sell the jars of whatever. And I had it. And at one point I was going to serve it over cream cheese with crackers because people, here's a Southern tip. I don't know if everybody does that in the rest of the world. Buy a jar of literally anything, probably even cat food would work. <laughs> I don't okay, know. nice. Put it over cream cheese and serve it with crackers, and it is going to be the hit of the party. So (laughs) really, no, I would not serve you cat food, so sorry. But it was artichoke pesto that I was going to put over cream cheese and didn't. So I was like, I could just mix this with Mm. pasta, and it would be delicious. And it was. It just needed a little salt and pepper. Oh, yummy. Because I was just not in the mood to do a lot of cooking, but those tomatoes came out of the garden, and I pivoted, and I said, that's what we're having. They were perfect. And then people, I feel so bad for people in other parts of the country because they're like, how do you have tomatoes? I know. That was my first thought. I was like, like wait, it's June 11th and you have to- <laughs> yeah. tomatoes growing. I Here in Portland, Beautiful tomatoes. it's been in the 40s at night. <laughs> We're calling it oh, January. <laughs> oh, no. See, I just got off the lake today. We were at the lake mm. and it, it's like 90 degrees. Oh, so mm, toasty. Summer, it's summer. I went swimming in the backyard yesterday, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so anyway, we don't have to struggle with what we're eating. We just eat delicious foods and our weight. I love that you mentioned that too, because I I don't weigh, like I said, but my weight has had periods where I know I gained a few pounds. Yeah. And I've never stressed about it or freaked about it or dieted or done any. I just say, all right. It, the numbers seem. I'll tighten my window a little. It seems like data to me, like because mm-hmm. there are so many. I've created so many other ways of measuring, like my honesty, clothing, and there are just so many other ways of measuring. And this overarching, deep cellular belief that my body is doing the very best for to keep me alive and to keep me strong and to keep me lean and to utilize the fat for good ketones fueling my brain warding off alzheimer's you know that that when the scale goes up and the scale goes down and the scale goes round and round it doesn't bother me and i'll forget about the scale for days or weeks at a time and then i'll like this morning i was like oh i wonder what it says and then i thought well maybe i'll get on it tomorrow you know (laughs) but it doesn't there's no grip there it doesn't have its claws into me and right, because there's so much yeah, more. Yeah, and that's such a freeing feeling. It really is such a such a freeing. I wanted feeling. to another thing about maintenance that's fun is that when people are in the losing mode, the getting healthy 
again, mode that we encourage people to have their goal clothing, goal jeans, goal top, right. goal dress that the buttons gape at the chest and or you can't zip it. You wouldn't go yeah. out of the house and maybe, you know, you can't sit down or get it over your knees. But then once we get to goal and turn that corner into, quote, maintenance, it's fun and I think important, as you have said, to have that honesty clothing, which is a piece of clothing with no stretch at all. Right. That if you decide not to weigh or whatever other measures you have for staying true to your best, healthiest self, that honesty clothing with no stretch is a great way. It's like, hmm, I'm feeling a little puffy. I'm going to throw on that. You have a, a skort, right? I do. I, it's, a, it's a Lily Pulitzer size zero skort. And you're like, I don't even like it that much, but it is the, <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't. I bought it because it was at a consignment shop. Two reasons. Well, three reasons I bought it. One, it was at a consignment shop and it was really cheap. Two, it's Lily Pulitzer, which everyone down here loves. And I'm really not that crazy about it, honestly, if I have to be honest. But I was like, oh, everyone – anyway. And three, it was size zero. (laughs) You know, vanity sizing gets to us. So I was like, oh, I must buy this. And then, like, my husband's like, do not wear that. (laughs) He doesn't like it at all. (laughs) Chad's not a Lily Pulitzer guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, he's not. And it's really not my typical. I'm it's I'm not I love I think the prints are really pretty. I love the prints. But they're just not I'm not a flowery girl. Does that make sense? Yep, there you are. Navy blue. <laughs> you guys can't see Jen, but she's got her navy blue on. Geometric. Well, I'm wearing my navy blue shirt right now. And look, my shorts. You, she can see me. I can't see. Yep. I've got on with geometric, yeah, with my orange. I'm wearing orange and navy blue geometric shorts. So anyway, but yes, I have this skirt and I pull it out and I put it on and I just can tell if it zips up easily. So then what do you do? You know, you did a great experiment a month ago. You mm-hmm. hadn't used the app for a while. And oh, what yeah. sparked the, you, you? It was more than a month ago. It was, it actually, I started, it was March 29th because that's Cal's birthday. Mm. I guess I was thinking about him on his birthday. And I'm like, huh, I haven't used his app in a long time. So I pulled out window and mine never updated because I have my phone set to not automatically update because, you know, Lori, you're a Facebook moderator, you know, if your app um, accidentally updates and they've made some problems in it, then we lose the ability to do certain things. And so I (laughs) I would only update my app if I knew it wasn't going to mess me up. But so I I still have the old version of Window and I still have all of my old data. But we were, you know, right there March 29th in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, we're just getting used to it. I mean, not that we ever really got used to it. (laughs) And I was feeling very stressed and we were drinking more cocktails. I was baking more cookies. And I felt that my honesty skirt was a little tight. So I was like, I'm going to use this app to get me back because I'd had a little window creep. Chad was Window home. creep, exactly. Yeah. Window yep. creep. And I'd been opening earlier and having more. And I'm like, I'm going to use this app and I'm going to, you know, really get myself back on track. And I had not used the app, the app consistently really since probably 2016. Mm-hmm. It had been a long time. Well, he made that as a tool for you while you were in your fasting, you know, getting, getting healthy, losing 80 pounds yeah. journey. And then at some point. It, I'd already lost the weight when he made it. I'd already lost the weight, but it was right after the obesity code came out. And I had been experimenting with the up and down day approach. And then I was like, I just don't really want to do this long term. But that's what he, you know, that's what he featured in the obesity code was 
was alternate day fasting. So I was like, well, Funk's got it in the obesity code. I'm going to do this. And then I didn't, it didn't feel like a lifestyle to me. So I was like, I'm going back to the daily eating window approach. I wish I had an app. Cal came home for the summer, just very, very briefly for like a, a week before he went to do an internship and like make me an app. And he did. That's the story of it. But I was already Isn't at that maintenance. Great. And then you didn't use it for a while. I used it the whole summer. And so what did you what did you discover when you brought it out again on March 29th? Well, I discovered that, first of all, it was really fun to use it for a little while. It was fun watching it. Is, it yeah. right? Yeah. And it I like also, pushing the buttons. <laughs> me too. It inspired me to wait because I could look and see. And the app is much better. Well, it was much better. I don't know what it's like now because I haven't updated it since Cal sold it. But I love that you can now change it to show your fasting length and you can look at your eating window length. It couldn't do that for a long time. Mm. But then towards the end, he fixed it to do that. It was more complicated that way. But as far as, you know, the coding. But I was able to see if I was at, you know, 18 hours, I would be less likely to want to go ahead and open my window. I'm like, oh, I can make it to 19. Did you know there's a connection between nutrition and optimal hormone function? Magnesium is involved in more than 300 biochemical reactions in your body. A magnesium deficiency can disrupt your thyroid hormones, pancreatic hormones, and sex hormones, leading to suboptimal health. Bioptimizer's Magnesium Breakthrough is the only supplement on the market that offers all seven key forms of magnesium specially formulated to reach every tissue in your body. I'd recommend giving Magnesium Breakthrough a try. They are so confident that they offer a 365-day money-back guarantee. For an exclusive offer, go to buyoptimizers.com slash ifstories and use the promo code ifstories10 during checkout to save 10%. And if you subscribe, not only will you get an amazing discount and free gifts, you will make sure that your monthly supply is guaranteed. That's buyoptimizers.com slash ifstories. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Mm. So the app helped me to say, oh, I'm just now getting into prime fat burning. Maybe I'll go to 20. Exactly. You know, instead of opening it now. But then after I did it for, gosh, I'm not sure, a few weeks, I was like, all right, now it feels like a diet tool. I'm throwing it out again. So I did. Yeah, you're just finely tuned to what sounds like fun. Oh, I think this sounds like fun. Oh, the skirt. All right, why don't I try this? I tried it. I think I'll stop. Yep. It's just very calm and easy and peacefully minded and enjoyable 
Yeah. But, you know, there was no moment where I was like, gosh, my, my honesty squirt is getting a little tighter. Intermittent fasting must have stopped working. You know, there's no <laughs> point where I had that thought in my mind. Of course you know, not. Or like, something's wrong with me. What's happening? You know, no. You know, I can always, when I look back and think about it, first of all, the stress of the pandemic, but I could identify what have I been doing differently. And I could, I could tell. I could put my finger right on it. And even if I could not have, if I had legitimately not been doing, doing anything differently, I'm really going through menopause now, like for real. So yeah. hormone changes are a real thing. Right. <laughs> it's as is stress. Today. I mean, there's all this research that shows that when human beings are going through a period of stress, the body clings to fat and yeah. uh, and. And stores it away. So, you know, even if if I had started gaining weight, that would be not my fault, not intermittent fasting's fault. You can figure out, all right, this is what it is. So what tools do I have in my toolbox that I can use to work on that? I love that part of your new book, Fast Feast. Oh, there's so much I love in it. Oh, my gosh. Look. Oh, I keep forgetting we're not on TV. We're on the podcast. I can see. But yeah. We I've can got, see each other, but the audience can't see. Yeah. Oh, I've got it all marked up. I've got, I've got my got copy the, right here. And this, the idea of, tro- you know, your troubleshooting and tweaking and the toolbox is mm-hmm. really, really helpful. I mean, every part of this book. I mean, I'm envisioning when it comes out on June 16th, that day one, it's a New York Times bestseller. So by the time, of course, by the time October 1st rolls around, it's going to be in the second printing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. In May, they may have to do that sooner because before they ordered the first printing, and I can say this now, but the first printing had some errors in it that I already knew. I knew were there because when I read the audio book, I found a few things that were errors that um, one of them was something that that was right. And then somehow it got changed through the editing process to like a sentence that doesn't even make sense. And I'm like, oh, Where no, from? but I found it. And that was before they'd even printed the book. They had not even printed it yet, but it was in line at the printer. Mm. And they're like, when you can't make a change when you're in line at the printer, I'm like, what? They're like, like, So whoever gets those first editions, (laughs) you're going to have fun noticing that there's a weird error. But we found them, but it's it's the way the publishing process works. I'm like, surely they, if they're not printing it now, they would let you fix it. They're like, nope, once you've put it in line at the printer, that's how it has to be. So. Anyway, it's it's a whole different thing. You know, I could take delay, don't deny, right now, since it's a self-published book, and I could make a change right now, and it could be sold in one hour with the change. So Yeah, absolutely. It's a different process, but anyway, I'm really proud of that book. And they actually extended the print run the oh, first, the, before, it just basically pre-orders. I mean, we're still not at June 16th yet, which is the day it's coming out. But they're like, well, the pre-orders have been so strong, we're going to order more for the first oh, printing. And I can't wait for Audible. I'm someone who, yeah. um, you know, I've read voraciously my whole life. But when Audible became a thing, and you could put a book on, you know, on your speaker and go about your day and do dishes and work and, and listen to the book over and over and over again and rewind. And that is just so enjoyable for me. I cannot wait to hear it read in your voice. But, but I like having the hard copy. I'm not a Kindle girl. I like yeah. the hard copy because I like to put post-it notes in and highlight and arrows. Yeah. So. Did you see my, I posted in the Facebook group the other day. Did you see how long the Audible version is? No. 
Okay, well, this is hilarious. The whole time, you know, I recorded it in my kitchen. I had a, um, a little recording studio in there because the sound needed to be better than my podcast studio. But I had a little blanket fort where I recorded it. And I had a, a director from Macmillan who listened in my ear the whole time. And he would be like, read that again. It sounded weird, you know. So anything that sounded weird, he made me redo. But it took a long time to record it. Well, Delay Don't Deny is just over four hours. Yes, which is incredible. I say to people, get it. you'll be done in four hours. That's well, just over four. By dinner. And, um, so they were estimating Fast Feast Repeat would be seven and a half hours. Well, I looked the other day, 11 hours and 20 well, minutes. people are getting their money's worth. <laughs> it's 11 hours and 20 minutes long. It's longer oh, than the obesity code. <laughs> oh, my. well, Jen, you know, this is what's so, there are many incredible things about this book, but the fact that you wrote it in your delightful voice, and I trust your research. Like, you, you left no stone unturned, and you're someone who loves going down the rabbit hole, but you love to prove and disprove, and right. you're not going to—I trust you— because of my experience with you, that you're not going to twist any data to prove whatever point you're looking for. You're actually looking for the data that that will serve people, you know, that right. what has happened in research and studying human beings with regards to fasting and eating, and how will those results serve us? What can we learn from it? And the fact that the whole back of the book is full of every single one of those references it's a lot. and it's a big reference section it's incredible what you've provided here yeah i was like this looks like so real like a real book I mean, not that delay don't deny is not a real book it's a real book too but yeah it just it it, it feels surreal to see it in print with my picture on the back cover and it's incredible. <sighs> and oh, see, I don't have your picture on the back cover because I have the the uh, advanced. Oh, copy. you've got the advanced reader copy. All right, but yeah, see, I'll hold it up. You can see it there. There, this is what the back really looks like. Oh, yeah, that picture was taken on the day that I met you for the first time. Oh, in that's true. real life. That's true. I was in Atlanta. In Atlanta. You were in Atlanta. That that is uh, so cool. Okay, so let's play the "What I Wish I Knew" game. <laughs> so there is one part of your book that I literally cried when I read it. So everything else is a, is your delightful, intelligent voice, and then all the, the research and the data and the ideas and the information. And then I got to the what I wish I knew chapter. And these are real people saying they are. what they wish they knew. And you know, when someone says, I wish I knew that it wasn't my fault. And I yeah. wish I knew the value of the clean fast wasn't such a rebellious <laughs> candy coffee drinker right you know? but it's so t what do you wish you knew about maintenance <sighs> i wish i knew that i didn't need to make all the plans for maintenance before i got there hey that's mine <laughs> that really is it yeah. really yeah that's hilarious yeah because that was it i mean i remember as a teacher i had to do standardized testing with kids and i reached my goal in March of 2015. And I can remember sitting there. I had to do one-on-one -on -one testing because I was a, a gifted teacher. And so I had to like test a special needs kid one-on-one. -on -one. So I remember this, I had to watch this kid take a test basically. And so I remember sitting there watching this kid take this test for a week, the standardized test one-on-one. -on -one, and I was making all these notes on sticky notes of my what my maintenance plan might could be. Like, could I do 16-8 every day and then on the weekend? I mean, it was like all these different ways I might want to do it. 
it was crazy. But I had all these diagrams and what would I do if my weight got to this? And then I would tighten up and do this. And I, it was like plans that I would. Isn't that wild? It was crazy. There are so many people who, so at the beginning of intermittent fasting, one of the very understandable concerns that people have is how will I know which plan should I do? People are like, right. should I do the 16-8? Should I do the, it's like, that's not how it works. It's not right. like a diet where you pick your plan. You just fast every day and your body is in the driver's seat. But then mm-hmm. when brand new fasters are like, I'm afraid to start because I don't know what I'll do in maintenance. It's like, wait, but you you haven't even started yet. Right. Why are you worried <laughs> about what you're going to do in two years, you know, or a year or six months? Or so, like, how do I, what do I do when I get there? And, and how do I stop losing weight? And that's also the part that scares mm-hmm. people. They're like, you know, am I just going to keep losing weight and then I'm going to be like way too skinny? A skeleton? No. No. <laughs> no. So I discovered after about six weeks of intermittent fasting, I started at 16.8, immediately went to 18.6 because six hours of eating seemed like it was easy. Right. And um, then after about six weeks, I went to, I had a one day experiment. Like, I wonder if I can fast for 20 hours. And boy, that was a push. That was like, holy smokes. That final two hours was like, wow. And then I think I did another one and another one. And I thought, well, eating in four hours is fabulous. Like, this is great. I can eat delicious food and fast for 20 hours. And my body just adjusted to that 20 and four pretty quickly. And that is, that's my jam. That's even when I did alternate day fasting for a month, 40 and 8 schedule, even when I did one long fast a week, sometimes I do two 40-hour fasts a week, but mostly 24, 20 and 4 is my baby. <laughs> and good. that's, that's where I like still am. Luxurious it's, window. Yep. When you're not restricting within it and you're eating delicious food every day. Yeah, I haven't changed a thing. Yeah. I hit, you know, and my body... To your point of people are afraid they're just going to get skinnier and skinnier and skinnier is like my body has settled in at, at its set weight. I am a lean person yeah. and I'm a sturdy person, but I'm right. lean and uh, my body is happy at this place. And 23% of my entire body is is fat, right? So I'm not going to run out anytime soon. And it's, <laughs> I mean, a quarter, almost a quarter of my whole self yeah. is fat. And there's plenty of fuel here. But you're you're slim. You're very yeah, slim. You're exactly. Tiny. Yeah, we're not going to be turning into a skeleton anytime yeah. soon. We're settled in. And so people should not worry that they're going to get too skinny and lose beyond where their body is healthy. Because that's our bodies don't want to be skinnier than is healthy. Our body, it is a miracle mm-hmm. what it is doing. For us, like, I mean, I know it sounds kind of weird, like, myself and my body are two separate things. Like, yeah, like, (laughs) I can observe my body working, and it's in repair. And it's just, it really is amazing. And to maintain a mindset of even when, you know, I was in that five month stall to maintain a consistent mindset of this is good for me. I know it's working. I could, oh, I want to tell you the craziest thing. That one of the ways I knew it was working, but I can't I have no answer for this, and maybe someone does who's listening. During that time that I wasn't losing on the scale, I did get two sizes smaller. Right. <laughs> okay. And I could see around yeah. my 
My quote problem area wasn't my tummy per se. It was like around my rib cage. There's something like from under my chest. To, it was just fat, all like a tube. And okay. that was all menopausal. Like that just appeared out of nowhere. So it was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But when I hit that five month stall, so I'd been intermittent fasting for about a year, right around the 18 hour mark every day. My rib cage area, front and back, all the way around, would itch like crazy. And it That's wasn't funny. a rash. I had yeah. no bumps or anything. I would like claw my entire <laughs> midriff area for like an hour from a, at starting at around hour 18. It was That's like funny. clockwork and it lasted for months. So I don't know what that was. Maybe it, there's just like fat burning, but. But it was coming from there. I really did feel like while I was losing the weight, I would have itchiness in the areas that I felt like were the areas where I was losing the fat. I really honestly did. So if more people experience that and if some doctor's like, oh, I know exactly what that is, please tell us. But to me, it felt like it was my skin changing in that area. Like maybe, you know, that's really what it felt like. I had itching on my thighs for part of it. Then I had it on my belly, I had it on my arms. You know, I was saying to someone the other day, it sounds so crazy. I was kind of feeling nostalgic for the time during that loss where things were happening and changing in my body. Like, I could observe the development, like right. that itching. You know, why would I long for itching at 18 hours? I don't know, because it was cool and mysterious and I knew something was happening. It was fun, though, to see your body change. You're right. You know, when when the little veins on my leg would go away or a bump that I'd had would go away or like I had this weird bump on my spine. I know that sounds scary, but I had this this little cyst thing. It wasn't so little that part of my spine stuck out. It's not there anymore. That's like, amazing. Wow. I know. Now, I meant to ask you this at the beginning <laughs> and I didn't because we got started chatting about other stuff. Could you really quickly give like a two-minute recap of your journey for the people who may not have listened to podcast four. Yeah. Well, we're going to give them the assignment to go back and and listen to four. (laughs) No, no. I love telling my story. Are you kidding me? Tell it real quick. Just the the short form. Okay. So I was relatively, my whole life, I've gone up and down in like a 20-pound range. So I feel like from junior high on, I was aware of gaining and losing weight but I never really went on a diet per se. Like I would, I'd go buy Slim Fast cans and drink them for lunch. But that to me didn't feel like a diet. It was just like, whoa, I better lose 20 pounds. So I'm going to drink Slim Fast and go to aerobics, step aerobics right. in the 80s, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, so I was losing and gaining and losing and gaining. But in that short 10 pound, 15 pound, 20 pound was the tops range. And in my 40s, I really felt like, wow, I have hit my stride. I was running marathons. I was lean. I was at a good weight. I felt great in my clothes. My skin was awesome. My hair was awesome. And then all of a sudden, perimenopause hit and I turned into a basket case. And physically, mentally, like my, I was in a brain fog. I was horrible hot flashes, like a burning embers, waves of heat. Couldn't sleep. I mean, it was bad. It's hard. Yeah, really hard. And I didn't know what was happening. And nobody sends us to biology class for older ladies. Right. And then our doctors make us feel crazy. Because at that point, we are. And (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and just like, well, what do you expect? That's just normal. It's, and you know. it's so odd to me, being on the other side of it now, that people have to say the words menopause in a hushed tone or that it's a joke. Menopause is a joke. P- people laugh and poke fun. At, you know, It's like, wait a minute. Women go through and endure a yeah. massive hormonal shift. And that anything about that is funny is astonishing to me. Like, we should be held up in high esteem that we are such extraordinary, beautiful, elegant, powerful, creative, amazing people with stamina who can endure this change. Now, I know some people are like, nothing happened to me. My period stopped and I was fine. Well, those women, (laughs) I bow to your, I mean, wow. Extreme good luck? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, I don't think there's anything necessarily that it's hormonal. You can't. Right. It's not your fault whether you have a, a tough menopause or you're not a winner. Or if you had an easy one, it wasn't exactly. because you were amazing. It, it's just it, you didn't will your way through. It just is whatever cards you're dealt with biology. Right. And so there I was. I went through this perimenopause. Woo. Couldn't yeah. wait for my period to stop. I mean, I'm just like, make it stop, make it stop. Little did I know, when it stopped in 2012, I gained 50 pounds. And I knew it wasn't the normal. Like, I know what it feels like to lose 10, 15, 20 pounds. This was not normal. And it was like, whoa, this isn't good. And I don't know what to do to make it better. And I tried everything. And it felt like just this squishy, weird, glommy, like it's just different. It the, right. When you gain 20 pounds when you're 25, it is different than when you gain 20 pounds when you're 49, 50. That's how And if it's it hormonal weight, I mean, you yeah. know, the weight that's related to a hormonal weight gain is different. And my brain fog and my equilibrium was off. I fell down in entire steps of the subway in New York City, face down. I mean, Gosh. I just was like super wobbly and had to hold on to things. And so with the 50-pound weight gain, I literally tried everything, and I was not myself. I felt like I'd been taken over by an alien. I didn't even recognize myself in the mirror. And I was home in Colorado visiting my mom, and she said, let's use this time that you're home to turn the weight around. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Thanks, like mom. I haven't Like I haven't been trying. Like, right. So I had a meltdown and wailed and cried, and she said, let's pray for an answer. And I said, thank you. And I went up, and it was time to tuck in for bed. And like all modern people, I pulled out my phone. <laughs> like, and I Googled yet again, you know, stubborn hormonal female menopausal fat won't go help me. And <laughs> popped these words, intermittent fasting, that I'd never heard before. And I watched one video and another, and I stayed up all night. And I went downstairs in the morning, and I said to my mom, I... I, whatever answer we asked for, I found a thing that I'm going to try. And she said, how may I support you? Love it. I love that story. And then 15 months later, I reached my goal. And during that whole process, friends were coming to me. You know, there was a moment when I looked in the mirror after intermittent fasting, maybe five months. And I was like, oh, there I am. Hi. Yeah. Like I could recognize myself in the mirror again and these moments of seeing your collarbones or seeing my hip bones or right. reaching back and scratching my back and being like, oh, there are the bones again. Like it's not so squishy anymore. And, you know, seeing the numbers there, 
I don't know why. It's magic. When it goes from 150 to 149, it's like... I know, that 10th like, digit. Yeah. The tears just fall out of your face. What? It's, right. So it's been an incredible, incredible experience. And here I am, three years later as an intermittent faster, but um, 21 later, months later in maintenance. And sticking with my fabulous 20 and 4 schedule that I love my four-hour eating window. And I consider it like you do... OMAD, one meal a day in an extended, leisurely, enjoyable eating window. And what that provides for me is, I mean, I guess I could squeeze it into one hour, but that's no fun. And it also helps me reach satiety. It wouldn't be. It would be no fun at all. If I eat one plate of food in 30 minutes or one hour, I'm not quite sure if my body needs more. So... I really, that having that four-hour window, I get the feeling that I have for sure eaten to satiety. My body has had the right amount of food for that day. Some days it's tons of food, and some days it's a little amount of food, but I like my four-hour eating window. I think you made an excellent point, the fact that it's not the same day to day. Some days you need more food than you need other days. And that's just something really, really important. And it's why we don't want people to count calories and be overly restrictive and have that, you know, exactly the same day to day. We want you to naturally vary it as your body naturally varies. Every day we just, we have a different amount. Some people, especially new intermittent fasters, are concerned when they're like, I, one day I wasn't so hungry and the next day I had to eat everything. And they're worried that that's a problem. And that's like, no, that's your body saying today's today and the next day is the next day. Enjoy. Order, you know, if you're out in a restaurant, order more food. (laughs) You know, go back. So. Right. And the day that you were not as hungry, you didn't ruin your metabolism by eating less that day. And the day that you were extra hungry, you didn't fail or you weren't weak. You just needed more food that day. That ties into that idea that you said earlier about people being concerned, like, it's not working. To me, it isn't an it. Right. This isn't a diet that it works or it right. doesn't work. The it, that is a daily fasting regimen, whatever your body you know, whatever schedule works for your body, your goals, your family, your, you know, everything. It matches the design of human beings. Like we are not actually designed to eat all the time. So it is always working. (laughs) And the eating in a pattern of time for your body is always working. And it's a matter of just going with the flow. And how will you tweak it to reach your goals? Or has it another underlying health issue or food sensitivity or what does your fasting regimen teach you or teach me about what else I need to know about my body so I can be my healthiest. But I don't think, I don't subscribe to this idea that it isn't working. <laughs> you know, Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, 
services. Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jura, Confluence, and Loom help power the collaboration needed for teams to accomplish what would otherwise be impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything, from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million. Atlassian Software is built to help keep you connected and moving together as one. That phrase actually is like a little bit like nails on a chalkboard. You know, Me sometimes too. Sometimes somebody who's frustrated because they haven't lost the weight they want to lose. And I get it. Look, I get it. I'm not saying they shouldn't feel that way because, of course, you feel that way. If you haven't lost the weight, you're going to be frustrated. But someone will say... They'll say, are there people that intermittent fasting doesn't work for? And I'm like, no, (laughs) but it depends on what you mean by working. You know, as far as losing weight, losing weight is not always easy, linear, predictable, all these different words we could put in there. But there's so much more going on in our bodies besides our weight. Exactly. How do we know that cancer cells aren't being cleaned out and abolished? Oh, that this idea of visceral fat and fatty liver. I mean, if people could just rest knowing that every hour in a fasted state, your body is addressing that. And we don't know it. All we can really see is how we feel energetically and anything that's happening to our skin, right? If moles are disappearing or bumps or veins or cellulator. Right. But if everyone knew really that a shift in mindset and an appreciation for the body, that the these biochemical effects of our thoughts and our brains, our cells, our, every cell in our body is affected by our thoughts. So that when we say it's not working, first of all, that's nuts because our bodies are designed this way. And two, we got to know that it's working. We have to remind ourselves that it's working. We have to ha- be present to the miracle that this body is and that we're just going to keep on going. Like, this is what I do. I'm a person that eats in a pattern of time. And I'm going to make it extremely and supremely enjoyable for myself. And then I'm going to fast. You know, you coined the phrase the clean fast. And a lot of people are like, why is it a clean fast? Isn't it just fasting? It's like, right. But we had to call it the clean fast because other people use the (laughs) term fasting and they do all sorts of other things. So we have to, you had to create clean fast, which then people are like, well, that implies there's a dirty fast. It's like, no, it doesn't. To distinguish. So I say I'm a fasting purist. There's not. No, (laughs) I definitely go into that. Right? I fast plain. Right. I fast unflavored, unsweetened. Plain, mostly plain water, one cup of plain black coffee a day. And that knowing that our bodies are in repair, like a hundred percent knowing that. And I feel a great deal of compassion for the people, many of my friends included, my closest friend from college who has been diligently intermittent fasting for almost two years. 
And, phys- you know, she feels great. I'm like, why do you keep going? She's like, because I actually feel really good. Right. But there's some underlying something health-wise that either food, a re- reaction to certain foods. Keeping her from the weight loss. Or yeah. a thyroid or something that needs to be discovered, uncovered, dealt with. And it's a matter of time and a matter of experimenting. And so my heart really goes out to people who are like, man, I'm going to keep going because I feel really good. And I am trusting that this works because this is the design of human being, but not seeing the results that I came here for. Yeah. So everybody phrase it as, are there some people that it doesn't work for, for weight loss? Yeah, Because it's working. Know that it's working in your body, even if your weight loss mystery hasn't been solved yet. It's Intermittent fasting is so much more than your weight loss. Of course, you and I had success with our weight loss. And so had we not, we would have been very frustrated too. And we would have felt the same way. So I'm, I'm not discounting anyone who feels that way. But I want you, you know, I talked about this in the mindset chapter of Fast, Feast, and Repeat. You know, do you believe that your body can tap into your fat stores during the fast? Do you believe that that fasting is healing for your body? And if so, you can have the the positive mindset that this is a good thing that you're doing every single day. And you will discover what's holding you back as far as the weight loss goes. You will figure that out. I love that. I'm going to use that idea that you just said. I will attribute it to you, of course. But that Jin says that it's not, is it working? Is it working for you for weight loss right now? Because you know? <laughs> that's a, it's a different question. Yeah. You know, are there people intermittent fasting doesn't work for? Well, there are people that intermittent fasting isn't the only tool you may need to pull out to see the weight you want. But does that mean intermittent fasting isn't working? No, it's just, it is a tool. Intermittent fasting is a tool in our toolbox. So, well, let's talk about eating. Can I eat whatever I want? (laughs) (laughs) I actually really get into that phrase in um, Fast Feast Repeat as well. It's like, yes, and it's an evolution. Like your body is in the driver's seat. People will be like, well... It's not really working because I can't eat ice cream every day now. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, so I have this phrase that I use with my clients and in my coaching marketing a lot, which is eat the foods you love and the foods that love you back. Yeah, that's a great way of you thinking You cannot about it. leave the second part out. And we're not going to tell you what to eat. You get to decide your body. Is ice cream every day serving you a little bowl? Sure. Does that make you happy? Okay, fine. Is it getting you to your goals? I don't know. You get to decide. <laughs> right. Your goals will tell you whether exactly. it's getting Exactly. <laughs> yep. I ate a lot of ice cream, you know, along the way. <laughs> Oh, you ate a lot of ice cream with me. We went to Salt and Straw here in Portland, and we had a flight. We had ice cream for dinner. We did. Yeah. And Oregon. One night, that was our – it was delicious. It was was like like Thanksgiving. Mm. Mine was like a Thanksgiving flight. It was like the best ever. It sounded weird, but it was delicious. Yeah, there was a peach thing that you really liked. Mm. Yeah. And like dressing, like – Thanksgiving dressing. It was so good. Oh, my gosh. I would like to come back to Portland in the oh, fall so and great. have that again. <laughs> it was delicious. But, yes, everybody, intermittent fasting is working, but you still may need to figure out something else to solve the mystery of 
what else needs to work for you? I just want to keep hammering that point home. Yeah, and in my experience, and this is what I encourage my friends and clients and fellow fasters to keep in mind, is, is that fasting creates this clarity, this peace of mind, this discernment. You know, I, th- there's a reason right. that fasting is part of all spiritual, religious meditation practices because it does create a heightened discernment. The noise, the, all the monkey, the noise in the brain seems to get quiet. And then you have thoughts like you had, like, I think I'm going to try the app again. You just have quiet new ideas. I think I'm going to cut out blah, blah, blah for a month. Okay, great. Try that. It's just easy breezy. Like, I think I'm eating too much cheese after I went to New York. Right. It's just a <laughs> And had these amazing cheese plates in New York City. I came home and started recreating them every night. And then I was like, I think I'm eating too much cheese. But see, the way <laughs> I think the way that thought came was not through any panic or force or struggle. Oh, it wasn't panicked. Mm-mm. It was chill. You just had... Oh, I enjoyed cheese in New York. Oh, I think I'll have a little less for a while. That, I believe, that quiet, peaceful way of talking to yourself comes out of I agree. being in a fasted state. There's no panic. No. I wasn't panicked like, oh, no, I think my pants are tight and I'm, it's all ruined. And it's- I hate my body. My body hates me. So many people are like, my body hates me. Oh. Your body loves you. <laughs> Everything your body does is for the purpose of protecting you. Everything. Everything. So talk a little bit about your book. Oh, thank you. I love it so much. First of all, I wrote it over the course of a year, taking notes in my phone and taking notes on legal pads. Like an idea would come and I would just write. So yeah. then with uh, Kim Smith, who's an expert at you know how to get a book published through Amazon and how to design and create these workbook series that motivate and inspire people to live lives that they that we all enjoy one of the things that was stopping me was well there were a lot of things that were stopping me because I am such a procrastinator but one of the things was how will I know how to do there's this learning curve was right. huge so when Kim was here with us in Portland in November a year and a half ago and she had this idea of this workbook series and she said, well, for me, one, I hadn't thought of having my book be a workbook. And that resonated with me because I believe in people being in action. It's like a book is great. It's full of information. And then it's like, now what? I love the idea of my book being a tool. Right. Then the fact that she's the expert in getting something published through Amazon that made me so happy. She has all the answers and the savvy in that area. And she created the timeline that I stuck to in a very challenging way, but I finally got it done. So it's it's called Celebrating Your Vibrant Future, Intermittent Fasting for Women, 44 to Forever. And people are like, I'm 50. And I'm like, good, that's the forever part. <laughs> You're part of forever. <laughs> and it's a brief introduction to menopause and perimenopause in that it's an affirmation that there are some things that will be happening in your body and that we aren't trained to or discussing what they are. So don't be surprised. Because we've never been through it before. And the people that came before us didn't really tell us much That's about right. it. My mother told me nothing no. about it. So there's a feeling of solidarity. The first words in the book are, this book is a hug. 
And I love it. Then we go through it together. There are a few places to write a letter to yourself. There's a daily log. There's the Jen Stevens Clean Fast Guide and the Delay Don't Deny methodology. (laughs) It's really based on, you know, how to fast clean, understanding your physiology. And I'm holding each person's hand. And it's a process of 90 days, which for me, 90 days ensures that a person can do this for life. Like 100%. I think so, too. Now, it's not ensured that you will (laughs) because life happens. Right. But at any, you have all the information you need and enough experience and the information in the book. And for me, the most important thing is the mindset that's shifting that, no, it is not all downhill from here. You do not right. need to get sicker. Vibrant future. Vibrant future. You right? do not, we do not need to get sicker and fatter forever. That is not yeah. our design. I agree. Yeah. We're not doomed, no. women, ladies. No, it's awesome. So on my book cover, the beautiful young artist named Amea Okamoto drew me with silver hair and Everyone's like, that's not your hair. I'm like, well, it is under the color. And here <laughs> I am, Jen, three months into growing out my silver hair. So I'm on my way. I love it. You're honoring your silver hair. I am. I love it. And uh, it's not, it might be two years of weird looking. Lori Lewis is looking pretty weird with her silver hair, <laughs> half silver, half brown. But <laughs> it's another journey. Okay, I'm declaring it. Here it is, you know, my three year anniversary of intermittent fasting, and I'm barking on a new journey. Of going to my natural hair color. (laughs) Well, we are all out of time, which is always shocking to me. Um, We could probably have chatted for another hour or two. Forever you and I will be chatting (laughs) in our partnership and friendship and commitment to people being well. But what would you tell someone really quick, just starting off with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I think primarily that we want to feel good. So when we can keep in mind, like what I really most care about is feeling good. How do I get myself to a place of feeling good and knowing and trusting that intermittent fasting is a practice that will and does enable that feeling good every day and then have it just be what you do. There is that it's not a thing that you're doing for a short while that you're testing out to see if it works or not. That eating in a pattern, like just try it on. I wanna feel good. This makes me feel good. I trust that my body is in repair and this is what I do. I am a person who eats in a pattern of time. It's just what I do. I'm gonna enjoy the flexibility. I'm gonna enjoy eating delicious food. I'm gonna enjoy the healing. I'm going to enjoy the process of listening to what my body is actually telling me. That's so cool. And I'm going to enjoy the experiment and the discovery. And then I would add to it, enjoy the community, like have people around you, whether it's a Facebook community or a book group community or get your friends and family, you know, just have people around you who also eat in a pattern of time. And then I would also add the enjoy the educational aspect of it. Enjoy 
you know, listening to podcasts and reading and studying how it works and find the way, like, Jen, you have podcasts, but you're not a podcast listener yourself, which I think is hilarious. No. Right? So we all have the ways that we love to stay connected and informed, whether it's reading scientific journals or watching videos or talking to friends or, you know, reading articles or seeing things on TV. So we all have our right. way of being informed that resonates with our style. And I think staying informed, staying in community and enjoy, just enjoy it and settle in. They're really, all the complexities of intermittent fasting boil down to two very simple things. There's two parts to every day, fast, clean, and enjoy delicious food. That's it. There you go. Fast, feast, repeat. Ta-da! <laughs> there you go. Well, on that note, I have to say goodbye, but thank you so much, Lori. Thank you, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.